الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاة والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم ومن يتق الله يجعل له مخرجا ويرزقه من حيث لا يحتسب وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم اتق الله حيث ما كنت واتبع السيئة الحسنة تمحها وخالق الناس بخلق حسن او كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم We are fast approaching the Mubarak month of Ramadan and this requires that we should be already preparing ourselves to receive this Mubarak month, preparing ourselves to be able to benefit to the maximum and whatever is required to do that we should be now focusing towards it. So the things that are necessary first and foremost it requires that we focus on the cleansing of our hearts and we already start working towards that objective which the month of Ramadan has been given to us for the cleansing of our hearts is extremely necessary because we want to pour the Noor of Ramadan into this vessel of the heart, into this container of the heart. And when a person is going to pour something pure into a vessel, into a container, first he wants to make sure it's clean. So we need to focus on the cleanliness of this heart, on the cleaning of this heart. From what? From everything that is Ghayrullah. All the things that Allah Ta'ala has forbidden, all the things that become a barrier between us and Allah Ta'ala all the evils and the sins all the things that take us in the direction of Jahannam all the f- idols that are in our hearts whether the idol is some haram relationship some illicit beloved that is a major idol which has to be removed from the heart. We need to clean our hearts of this. Many a times the month of Ramadan comes, the month of Ramadan goes, nothing changes. Besides that the person, Alhamdulillah, that too is a great thing that the person kept fast in the month of Ramadan. He made some extra ibadat, mashallah, that's excellent. But apart from that, nothing changes. The reason is that we didn't clean our hearts out of those idols. We didn't make an attempt to clean it out. And because that idol remained, month of Ramadan came and went, after the month of Ramadan things carry on like nothing happened. Sometimes these idols become so dangerous. <coughs> One person wrote requesting some, asking for some advice. So in that he mentioned some issue that he is having, that he is caught in some illicit relationship. And then he says that he's so deeply caught into this, he's explaining his condition. The positive thing was that Allah Ta'ala 
put this concern in his heart that this is a very dangerous situation. I mean, I need to sort this out. So he is explaining his own condition. He says that I fear that if death has to come to me now, then the last words would be a message to this haram beloved. He didn't say haram. We're adding that. That if I had to die now, I'm worried that the last words and the last message that would come out of my tongue and mouth is that I'm so consumed by this haram that the last thing would be this message of love to this haram beloved. Now, every person all the time should be concerned about khatma bil khair, about death on iman, about death in a condition that Allah Ta'ala is pleased with one. That should be one of the greatest concerns of a person. And here a person himself is explaining his situation that I fear if death had to come to me now, this would be my ending. What kind of death would that be? What kind would that be? What kind of meeting would Allah Ta'ala would be, that be? That when a person is now about to go to meet Allah Ta'ala, his heart is 110% towards the Ghayrullah. His heart is totally consumed in that which takes a person in a directly opposite di- direction. So this is how dangerous these things can become and how important it is to work on this cleaning of the heart. To realize that this is an objective. To cleanse our hearts of all this filth and dirt of whatever idols they may be in. The idol of dunya, the idol of haram and illicit love, the idol of sports, the idol of anything that crosses the lines of shariat. Something within, which is within the bounds of shariat and deen, Allah Ta'ala has permitted that for us. But something that crosses that line, these are the idols that lurk within us. And these things need to be cleaned out. So, this Mubarak month of Ramadan comes, Allah Ta'ala gives us this great opportunity, may Allah Ta'ala keep us till this Mubarak month comes, and enable us to benefit and take the full and maximum rewards and benefit of this great month, but before this comes, we need to prepare for it. And the month of Ramadan, Allah Ta'ala made for the objective of taqwa. So before the month of Ramadan comes, we already should be making this effort to acquire taqwa. To inculcate even more taqwa in our hearts and lives. In the Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala gives this encouragement towards taqwa by giving us all the great bounties and benefits that will come through taqwa. Insan, insan by nature is greedy. But if he becomes greedy for the akhirat and greedy for the aspects of getting closer to Allah Ta'ala, then that's excellent. But if this direction doesn't come in place, the greed is not directed in this direction, then that greed will go towards dunya. Then that greed will go towards all material things. Then that greed will go to things which will be futile. Things that will be of no benefit in dunya and akhirat also. The greed for fame, that is a kind of greed also. The greed for just being, having some kind of position, some kind of recognition, and all various things. So Allah Ta'ala to encourage us, gives us the various benefits that will come to us. Allah Ta'ala doesn't benefit in any way by our taqwa. 
Allah Ta'ala doesn't benefit in any way by our ibadat, by our righteousness, by our exerting ourselves in good things. Allah Ta'ala is totally independent. لَوْ أَنَّ أَوَّلَكُمْ وَآخِرَكُمْ وَإِنْسَكُمْ وَجِنَّكُمْ In one hadith, hadith Qudsi, Nabi Sallallahu actually explains that if every single insan, every single jinnat, the first and the last, everybody had to be in one place and all had to become like the most pious. Every single person like the most pious. Then too this won't increase the grandeur of Allah Ta'ala to one iota. Allah Ta'ala's grandeur is unlimited. And if everybody has to become like the worst sinner, this won't decrease the majesty of Allah Ta'ala by one iota. Allah Ta'ala is totally independent of His makhluk. We are dependent on Him. So, we need this taqwa for our benefit. Allah Ta'ala is giving us this, that we have this natural greed in us, but let it be for the right things. Let it be for the right direction. So Allah Ta'ala says in this ayat of the Quran Sharif, وَمَن يَتَّقِ اللَّهَ يَجْعَلْ لَهُ مَخْرَجًا It's an ayat in Surah Al-Talaq. And this is just digressing, but in any case, the ayat of Surah Al-Talaq, and after explaining some of the injunctions that pertain to talaq, that in the condition and in the situation where talaq becomes inevitable, where something comes to a point of, genuinely to a point of no return, in a proper healthcare system, there is all the remedies, all the treatment available and which is administered in order to protect every limb of the person. This would be the complete healthcare system. That whatever limb, whatever ailment a person is suffering from, there is some treatment for it. But that same healthcare system also, it has a provision that after all the administration of whatever medication, after all the treatment that could be done, sometimes it comes to a point of where that same healthcare system has the provision for amputation also. But that amputation comes when all the treatment has failed. That amputation doesn't come as a first resort or as a middle resort. It comes after the last resort. The last resort and after the last resort comes amputation. Because at the last resort also there's still some efforts made to still save the limb. But now the final decision is that the gangrene, for example, Allah Ta'ala protect one and all, but that has set in so deeply that if this is not going to be amputated, the whole body will now suffer and get diseased and it will become fatal for the whole body. It will lead to death because of the poison going right through the whole body. So at that stage, for the protection of the rest of the body, this point of amputation comes. But that too is part of this completeness of this healthcare system. That this provision was available. Because sometimes this could become the situation. That for the protection of the rest of the body, the amputation became necessary. But that's exactly the manner in which talaq is to be understood. That this is the point of amputation. It is not the first resort. It is not where 
some painkillers can do the job. It is not where some injection might suffice. Or even where surgery might be necessary, but after surgery there is hope of healing. This is where everything else has failed. The painkillers have failed and the injections have failed and the antibiotics have failed and whatever else and the surgery has failed. So now comes the point finally after everything has failed then comes the point of amputation. Unfortunately nowadays not this is not in every case obviously but in many cases this has become like a plaything. The slightest issue something there is some argument, there is some quarrel and the person is threatening talaq. And in that fit of anger people are issuing talaq also. And then after the person has issued three talaqs, now he's running around to find somebody to tell him that no, how can three be still one? But this is all this jahalat and the lack of consciousness of Allah Ta'ala. And that is why in the midst of the discussion of talaq, this ayat is in Surah Al-Talaq. In the midst of the dis- discussion of the injunctions pertaining to talaq, in that discussion Allah Ta'ala says, Though the implication of this ayat is general in every aspect, every aspect of life, everything that pertains to dunya and akhirat, that that the one who fears Allah Ta'ala genuinely observes taqwa. <coughs> then, and what is the crux of taqwa? That staying away from the disobedience of Allah Ta'ala. Staying away from the disobedience of Allah Ta'ala, this is taqwa. This sums up the whole aspect of taqwa. Not fulfilling some fard, that too is a sin, that is disobedience. So taqwa requires that a person doesn't get into that obe- disobedience. He completes all his faraiz, his five times salah, his zakat, his fasting, his hajj, and all the other injunctions. And committing sin that we all understand is disobedience. So taqwa is staying away from haram, staying away from disobedience. So when a person will truly observe taqwa, Allah Ta'ala will bring a way out for him from every difficulty. Dunya, dunya is dunya. Dunya is a place of challenge. And dunya is a place which nevertheless is a very temporary place. We are here now and today we are gone through. This is how life is. But in this challenge and in this test, the primary thing is to please Allah Ta'ala. So challenges will come but Allah Ta'ala has given us the prescription of how to overcome the challenges. That on the one hand, a person must keep asking for afiyat. Never ever ask for difficulties. But Allah Ta'ala has given us the prescription of coming out of difficulties. The person who observes taqwa. Every difficulty of dunya and akhirat. Obviously, akhirat, he needs to come out of those difficulties from now. Observing taqwa. So the person observes taqwa. Allah Ta'ala will give him a way out of every difficulty and will grant him sustenance from sources he cannot imagine. Grant him sustenance, rizq, is not only confined to what a person consumes and eats. Rizq is every need of insan. 
whether this need pertains to his ruh, whether it pertains to his body, every need of insan is rizq. And Allah Ta'ala will grant him this rizq for his ruh, this rizq for his body, all his needs and requirements, min haythu la yahtasib. But the starting point is taqwa. The Awf bin Malik came to Rasulullah sallam, and he put forward the difficulty that he was in, that his son was captured by enemy and now he is in enemy hands, in enemy uh, territory and they are extremely concerned, his mother is totally in turmoil. So what does he do? So Nabi Wasallam said, look, somehow you try and get a message across to him. And the message, two things Nabi Wasallam mentioned. Tell him, number one, he must adopt taqwa. Now we are talking about in the era of Sahaba Ikram. And Nabi Wasallam is still giving the same prescription. Abu Zar Ghifari radiallahu ta'ala an, he says, once I was sitting, and Nabi Wasallam started reciting this ayat. He read it once, and he read it a second time, he read it a third time, and he continued reciting it over and over and over again. He says he recited it for so long, the same ayat, repeatedly. Who's reciting? Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi And we hear the talk of taqwa in Ramadan, one Juma, the second Juma, we say every Juma the same thing. Nabi Islam, this is a talk. This is nasihat. Sheikh Hazrat Mawashah Hakim of Dakhtar Sahib Rahmatullah once somebody was reciting some kalam, some ash'ar, poetry and in that he came to this couplet. Hazrat's poetry it was, he came to this couplet, Jo karta hai tu chupke ahle jaha se, dekhta hai koi tujhe asma se. Which is a lesson of taqwa again. That jo karta hai tu chupke ahle jaha se, that whatever you are doing secretly, hiding away from people, that nobody must see what I'm doing. So remember, somebody is watching from above. So you cannot hide from Allah Ta'ala. So this was, as reading that poetry, he came to this couplet. So he read it once, or so said, repeat it. He read it a second time, third time. He's an elderly person. Not somebody with a very nightingale voice or something. Was reading it in a nice way. So he told him, carry on. So after a while, he just carried on repeating the same and maybe for one, two minutes. And then he looked at Orparo. He's repeating the same line. And this then finally continued for more than three quarters of an hour. Repeating the same line. What you do secretly from people, closing some doors and drawing some curtains and maybe switching off some lights and whatever else and putting some passwords and putting all kinds of locks, whatever the case may be. But remember Allah Ta'ala is watching. Now this was the message that was being meant to be embedded in the heart to be inscribed on the heart like something inscribed on stone which can't be removed. So it wasn't just something to entertain. Unfortunately nowadays, person 
listens to Nath Sharif or listens to something, some poetry of meaning, something which the meaning might be fine to, but the objective, the intention generally unfortunately becomes entertainment. Just to entertain oneself, it sounds nice. So to get a, some kind of entertainment value out of the good tune, out of the person's melodious recital, but that's all. As far as taking any lesson from it, taking ibrat from it, the ashar and the poetry which is in the muhabbat of Allah Ta'ala is meant to kindle the flame of the love of Allah Ta'ala in the heart, that doesn't cross the mind also. So that is a complete, uh, it defeats the whole purpose. So in any case, this, what Hazrat did on that day, only after coming past this hadith, we realized this too was sunnah. So Abu Zar Ghifari radiallahu ta'ala an, he says that Nabi Islam started reciting this ayat once, twice, thrice. He said he continued reciting it for so long that I eventually started dozing off. Now the Sahaba would, what type of concentration they would have and what kind of attention they would pay and everything to the peak. So now this actually gives an indication for how long this continued. That eventually he says I started dozing. At that time Nabi Islam said to me, he says, that Nabi Islam said to me, if people had to hold on to this one ayat alone, it will be sufficient for them. Because the message encompasses everything. That the message of this ayat is all inclusive. So as Aw bin Malik, Nabi Islam gave him the same message. He said, you tell your son, get the message to him to adopt taqwa. And together with that, to excessively recite La hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. Somehow, he managed to smuggle that message through. This is what the prescription of Rasulullah is. And he started immediately doing, obviously taqwa was there, brought in even more greater taqwa. And excessively started reciting La hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. And in a short time, some days had passed, and somehow something happened miraculously, those things he was tied with broke, and he managed to mount one of the camels, and a whole lot of other, half the herd came along with him. It was all from enemy territory, people with war, so this was all booty. So Nabi Sallallahu gave this prescription, firstly of taqwa, and la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah, excessively reciting la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. So this one ayat summarizes everything. Then in the Surah Al-Talaq, further down, Allah Ta'ala says, يَتَّقِ اللَّهَ مِنْ أَمْرِهِ يُسْرًا The person who adopts taqwa, Allah Ta'ala will create ease for him. Now these are the things all the time we are all concerned about. How can we gain ease in our livelihood, ease in our day-to-day issues of life, ease in everything. Allah Ta'ala is giving us a prescription for that ease also. That you want ease, that ease is in taqwa. Person who will adopt taqwa, Allah Ta'ala will forgive his sins. We are insan. Insan is insan. He will err sometimes, make mistakes. But if he is walking on the path of taqwa, the mistake that he makes to Allah Ta'ala will forgive him. Because the mistake he makes, if he is walking on the path of taqwa, he is going to immediately make amends. He's going to make tawbah and he's going to keep walking on that path of taqwa. That itself is going to take him ahead. And in one other ayat, Allah Ta'ala says, 
that the person who adopts taqwa, adopting taqwa, our Hazrat used to explain this very simply, that what does it mean a person is muttaqi all the time? He said, Allah Ta'ala has made this so simple that Allah Ta'ala knows these bandhas of mine are very weak. So now we might have all heard about sometimes a person being described that this person is always wududu. MashaAllah, a very great thing that a person remains with wudu. This is the weapon of a mu'min. Wudu is something that it protects a person from the attacks of shaitan when a person is in a state of wudu. In the hadith sharif it's mentioned, a person who goes to bed with wudu, in the state of wudu, though when a person falls asleep, that breaks his wudu, but the person goes to sleep with wudu, his ruh makes goes and makes sajda in front of the arsh of Allah Ta'ala. So, now we hear about this, that a person sometimes is described that, mashallah, this person is all the time with wudu. So, does it mean that his wudu never ever breaks? He's human, obviously. So his wudu does break. He has to answer the call of nature. And he has to, he has other needs. So his wudu will break. But what does it mean that he's always in the state of wudu? That whenever his wudu breaks, he renews it. So such a person is described as always in wudu. So likewise, a person who Allah Ta'ala says is muttaqi, doesn't mean that he is now ma'asum. Ma'asum with the Anbiya Ali Musalam. Ma'asum with the Anbiya Ali Musalatu Wasalam. They were sinless. They were totally free of any possibility of sin. But insan who are not Anbiya, the rest of us, Nabi Islam already told us, kullukum khatta'oon. Every one of you keeps making mistakes. But the best of those who make mistakes is those who excessively make tawbah. So who's a muttaqi that if perchance his taqwa broke, he doesn't wait for tomorrow. He doesn't wait for later. He sincerely and immediately turns to Allah Ta'ala and cries and seeks forgiveness and repents and re joins that bond of relationship with Allah Ta'ala, which broke due to sinning. He doesn't leave it for a later time. He doesn't say, well, when 15th of Shaban comes and I'll make Tawbah. When month of Ramadan comes, I'll make Tawbah. No, he can't remain like in that condition for the next moment also. It's a mu'min committing a sin. He can slip. But then that sin is like a mountain on his head. And he cannot rest till he gets this mountain off his head by sincere tawbah. And a munafiq, Nabi Islam describes that a munafiq is somebody when he commits a sin, it's like a person when fly set on his nose, he just shoot it away. Doesn't make any difference to his life, doesn't cause anything in his heart, nothing. He just shoots it away and then end of the story. So, this taqwa is what Allah Ta'ala has placed everything in it. And in this ayat Allah Ta'ala says, Allah Ta'ala gives him the ability to distinguish between right and wrong. Taqwa becomes that inner light which gives him the... Sometimes he might not be able to even explain why this is wrong. But his heart will testify, stay away from this. Later on he'll find out from somebody who has the correct 
knowledge and the correct taqwa to give him the direction, that person will give him the reasonings also why this is wrong. But he as a unlearned person, his heart will testify something wrong with this. What this come, where this comes from? Comes from taqwa. When a person is trying to be obedient to Allah Ta'ala, Allah Ta'ala gives him that inner light which keeps lighting the way of obedience for him. And enables him to see what is going to be harmful to that taqwa. So we already need to start focusing in this direction, getting ourselves closer to Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala to join this bond with Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala just to finish off on this Hadith Sharif which we recited at the beginning which is also linked to this message of Taqwa when Nabi Salaam gave three advices to one Sahabi he said to him number one Ittaqillaha haythuma kunta that fear Allah Ta'ala now fear Allah Ta'ala this is so many places so many Ahadith but again the same lesson that Taqwa is not something to be selective Ittaqillaha haythuma kunta that fear Allah Ta'ala wherever you may be wherever whether in public whether in privacy whether at home whether in the workplace sometimes our taqwa is selective at home there is a different level of taqwa and in the workplace there is a different level sometimes it goes in different directions also at home a person is very very mashallah everything is up to date because everybody he needs to keep everything the right image because now he's in front of his wife and children and so on and in the workplace he's somebody else in the workplace suddenly everything is different now he's just laughing and joking with every other person mahram non mahram well no mahram should be there in any case but he is now casual with all the women and whatever else and like nothing happens and at home he's different sometimes a person in the workplace or out in public mashallah everything up to date but as soon as he closes his house door he's somebody else as soon as he's indoors then with his own family too that taqwa is all lost outside then how he talks to his own family sometimes and how he deals with his own parents and how he deals with his wife and children and how he deals with others so Nabi Islam and then again the same aspect that insan is insan he is not an angel he can err but when he errs he is always concerned about how to make amends when a person has a nice beautiful car new car it's everything so he wants to keep it like that now he gets scratched somewhere immediately he wants to try and sort that out and he gets very pained and hurt who scratched my car he can't leave it like that let alone get scratched he gets dusty also he wants to clean it out so likewise, insan also, he can err. But as soon as he errs, Nabi Islam says, That if you've erred, you've made a mistake, then do a good deed afterwards. Make tawbah, and then do some good deed as well. Make two rakat salat at least. Make hundred istighfar. Give some sadaqah. This will then obliterate, it will take that scratch out. It will remove that dent from the bodywork. It will patch up that tear in such a way that you won't see the patch also. So, so now, Mu'min is all the time concerned that if there is any disruption in this relationship with Allah Ta'ala, then I need to restore it immediately. 
the disruption ya insan can happen but then the person can't sit at peace till he hasn't restored it and the restoration is via toba, via istighfar, via amal, righteous amal. He'll make not two rakats, he'll make twenty rakats of salatul toba. This now I did for the fifth time the same thing. Now I need to now increase the amal. So this is the second lesson Nabi Islam gives. And the third lesson nasa hasan. That deal with people with good akhlaq. Deal with everybody, every insan, all insan. Deal with insan with good akhlaq. So if this pertains to every human being, what about a mu'min? And what about that mu'min who is closer? He's our own family, our parents, our own spouses, our children, our relatives, our neighbors. hasan. Deal with people with good akhlaq. This is the heaviest thing in the scales of good deeds on the day of Qiyamah. And good akhlaq, the summary of it is to deal with the makhluk of Allah Ta'ala, the creation of Allah Ta'ala in such a way that Allah Ta'ala becomes pleased. Deal with Allah Ta'ala's makhluk in such a way that Khalik becomes pleased. Allah Ta'ala becomes pleased. So that requires a lot of sacrifices sometimes. Sacrificing one's emotions, suppressing one's emotions, wrong emotions and putting some pressure on oneself and dealing in a good way dealing in a pleasant way taking the pressure on oneself but not giving pressure on the other side that is the summary of akhlaq one person asked a question today that while driving somebody does something I get very irritated and Till I don't show him who I am on the road also, I can't pass him. I can't just let it go. So now, is this... Now, in any case, he realizes it's not the right thing to do. Now he wants to know what this just comes to mind just a, as a passing lesson. So, how does one overcome this? Is this part of akhlaq? So obviously, it's not a part of akhlaq. So, the answer that gave to him was that you consider for yourself that supposing somebody was sitting in your car with you, who, somebody who you have a very great amount of respect for, your ustad, just for example, the Imam of the Haram Sharif came with you taking him along. And now this, somebody did something that is very, very irritating on the road. So now you're going to start hooting and shouting and open your window and showing all kinds of signs. Would you do that? He says, no, I won't do it. Why you won't do it? He says, well, somebody who I respect, somebody of that caliber is sitting there in, how will behave in that manner? So just as for the sake of some insan, that's very good, mashallah, that's adab. But for the sake of some insan, you behaved in a positive way. The same manner for Allah Ta'ala's pleasure, behave in the same positive way, where no other insan is there to impress. No insan is there also to impress. Now consider that, that how would I, would I have behaved if the Imam of the Haram Sharif was sitting now here. In the same way now I should behave, but for the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala alone. And in inculcating and in, in, in practicing this lesson of akhlaq. That, because the 
practicing on akhlaq really only so to say kicks in when somebody else has done something negative otherwise if somebody is very good to us then do this akhlaq required in the sense that we have to be also good to him but that is like something natural that is insaniyat that is basic humanity that somebody is good you will be good to him if a person is negative and he is shows ill conduct to somebody who is good to him that even goes below the level of humanity that goes away in the level of something to do with the, with the animals so that is basic humanity but when somebody has done something that is negative and he responds positively that is akhlaq that is the akhlaq for which Nabi Salaam says is the weightiest thing on the scales of good deeds on the day of Qiyamat so may Allah wa ta'ala grant us a tawfiq that we Allah ta'ala bless us with this greatest wealth of taqwa, make us his true muttaqi servants, Allah ta'ala make us such that even before the month of Ramadan comes, we are already have laid this foundation of taqwa that we can build on this and Allah ta'ala clean our hearts out of all the idols, all the evils, all the sins and make us his true and obedient servants wa da'wana alhamdulillah تبارك وتعالى عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه وأصحابه وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا يا رب صل وسلمنا إمن أبدا على حبيبك خير الخلق كلهم جز الله عنا نبينا محمدا صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو La ilaha illallah 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 la ilaha illallah
ربنا ظلمنا انفسنا ظلمنا انفسنا ظلمنا انفسنا وان لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين لا اله الا الله الحليم الكريم سبحان الله رب العرش العظيم الحمد لله رب العالمين نسالك موجبات رحمتك وعزائم مغفرتك والغنيمه من كل بر والسلامه من كل اثم والسلامه من كل اثم والسلامه من كل اثم اللهم لا تدع لنا ذما الا غفرته ولا هما الا فرجته ولا هما الا فرجته ولا هما الا فرجته ولا حاجه هي لك رضا الا قضيتها ويسرتها يا ارحم الراحمين يا ارحم الراحمين يا ارحم الراحمين اله العالمين يا الله ومصفصفل مزغريشس مزكاين مزلفيك الله اله العالمين يا الله يا الله we have indeed committed innumerable sins ya allah allah from head to toe we are covered in sin ya allah ya allah but you are most forgiving ya allah you are most merciful ya allah ya allah you love forgiving ya allah ya allah you forgive us ya allah ya allah you forgive all our major and minor sins ya allah ya allah forgive all the sins of the day and night ya allah ya allah forgive the sins we did deliberately and mistakenly ya allah ya allah forgive our families ya allah forgive our relatives and friends ya allah ya allah forgive the entire ummah of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam ya allah show your maghfirat on the ummah ya allah ya allah show your maghfirat on the ummah ya allah show your rahmat on the ummah ya allah ilahul alamin ya allah remove the difficulties of the ummah ya allah ilahul alamin ya allah ya allah you grant afiat to one and all ya allah grant afiat to one and all ya allah grant afiat to one and all ya allah ilahul alamin ya allah you grant us the tawfiq ya allah of pleasing you every moment of our life ya allah ilahul alamin save us from any moment of disobedience ya allah ilahul alamin ya allah in every condition ya allah let us please you alone ya allah ilahul alamin ya allah keep us focused towards you at all times ya allah ilahul alamin protect us from the traps of nafs and shaitan ya allah ya allah save us from the traps of nafs and shaitan ya allah ya allah only with your protection can we be saved ya allah ya allah we are too weak ya allah ya allah don't leave us to ourselves ya allah don't leave us to ourselves to the blink of an eyelid ya allah ya allah you protect us and look after us like like, like that little baby ya allah اللهم واقيه كواقيه الوليد اللهم واقيه كواقيه الوليد اللهم واقيه كواقيه الوليد اله العالمين يا الله you grant us the greatest wealth of taqwa ya allah allah fill our hearts with taqwa ya allah allah grant us taqwa from head to toe ya allah allah fill our eyes with taqwa ya allah fill our ears with taqwa ya allah fill our tongues with taqwa ya allah allah fill our hands and feet with taqwa ya allah allah fill our hearts with taqwa ya allah اله العالمين يا الله يا الله you grant us the tawfiq of ya allah ya allah doing all that which pleases you ya allah save us from everything that displeases you ya allah اله العالمين يا الله save us from all the fitna and fasad ya allah اله العالمين يا الله you grant us the tawfiq of fulfilling all your commands ya allah allah enable us to perform our five times salah with jamaah ya allah grant us the tawfiq of khushu and khudu in our salah ya allah give us complete concentration and devotion ya allah ilahul alamin ya allah enable us to fulfill all the other commands of deen ya allah allah save us from all the sins and vices ya allah allah save us from the sins of the eyes ya allah allah save us from the sins of the ears and tongue ya allah from the sins of the hands and feet save us ya allah allah save us from the sins of the heart ya allah purify our hearts from all sin ya allah purify our hearts from jealousy from malice from hatred from pride ilahul alamin from arrogance from miserliness ilahul alamin from all the maladies of the heart ya allah you protect us ya allah you save us ya allah you purify our hearts from all these evils and maladies ya allah from all the illicit and haram love purify our hearts ya allah ilahul alamin fill our hearts with your love ya allah fill our hearts with your love ya allah ya allah fill our hearts with your love ya allah 
fill our hearts with the love of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam fill our hearts with the love of deen ya allah fill our hearts with the love of the effort of deen ya allah ya allah accept us and our progeny with afiyat till the day of qiyam ya allah till our last breath ya allah for the effort of deen ya allah ilahul alamin qabuliyat and afiyat ya allah ilahul alamin ya allah ya allah all those who are sick give them shifa kamila ajila mustamira daima Allah, remove every trace of the ailments, Ya Allah. Allah, those who are ill in hospitals, Ya Allah, give them complete afiyat and shifa, Ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, Ya Allah. All those who are in any kind of difficulties and hardships, remove it with afiyat, Ya Allah. Those who are in anxieties, worries, depression, Ya Allah, remove it with afiyat, Ya Allah. Grant happiness to their hearts, Ya Allah. Allah, those who are in financial difficulties, remove it with afiyat, Ya Allah. Give them barakat in the risk, Ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, grant one and all barakat in our risk, Ya Allah. Allah, save us from every drop and every grain of haram, Ya Allah. Grant us halal and tayyib risk, Ya Allah. And fill it with barakat, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, all those who have passed away, Ya Allah. Fill their covers with noor, Ya Allah. Make their complete maghfirat, Ya Allah. Give them the high stages in Jannah, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. At the time of our death, take us with the kalima, La ilaha illallah. Muhammadur Rasulullah. Ya Allah, take us on iman kamil, Ya Allah. Take us on tawbat and nasuh, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, take us at a time that you are pleased with us and we are pleased with you, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, make our covers gardens of Jannah for us, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, give us the shafat of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ya Allah, give us Jannatul Firdaus without any reckoning, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, don't take us to task, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, don't make us to account on that day, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, there is nothing we can give any deed for, any account for, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, without any hisab kitab, give us Jannatul Firdaus, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, all those who asked us to make dua for them, Ya Allah, grant them the best of dunya and akhirat, Ya Allah. Remove all their difficulties and hardships, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, all those who have raised their hands to this dua, Ya Allah, you don't know the, of the unseen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you know each one's heart, Ya Allah. You know each one's needs, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, grant each one's needs from the ghayb, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, fulfill each one's needs from the ghayb, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, remove each one's difficulties and hardships, Ya Allah. Fulfill each one's pious aspirations, Ya Allah. Grant each one, Ya Allah, taqwa, Ya Allah. Grant each one your muhabbat, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, grant each one the best of dunya and akhirat, Ya Allah. Grant barakat in each one's rizq, Ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, Ya Allah. Let us be totally devoted to you alone, Ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, Ya Allah. All the good that Rasulullah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, for, Ya Allah, we also begging for all that good, Ya Allah. Whatever Nabi Islam sought refuge from, Ya Allah, give us protection as well, Ya Allah. Allahumma inna nas'aluka min khayri ma sa'alaka minhu nabiyuka wa habibuka sayyiduna Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wa na'udhu bika min sharri masta'adaka minhu nabiyuka wa habibuka sayyiduna Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam anta al-musta'an wa alayka al-balaag wa la hawla wa la quwata illa billahi al-aliyya al-azim جزا الله عنا نبينا محمدا صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله ربنا تقبل منا إنك أنت السميع العليم وتب علينا يا مولانا إنك أنت التواب الرحيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحابه اجمعين سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله <تصفيق>